God bless everybody this morning. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here with me this morning. Amen. What an awesome day it is. What a transformational day. Yesterday it was flowing hard and the, it was cold and, 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 and so, so gloomy. And today the sun is out on this Sunday morning. And it's just good to look around and see all the family of faith as we've come together to hear the word of the Lord. I pray today that you have your heart ready for the word of the Lord. How many did they know that we eat by that bread? We eat by the hearing of the, our faith is empowered by the hearing of the word. And I pray today you've come to hear that. We're going to have an awesome time in the Lord. So I know that a lot of you right now, you kind of, I see a lot of people look very, very concentrated and you got your eyes focused, but it may not be on the preaching. It's probably on the cowboy game. I think you, 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 you got that focus. You look like you're about to go on the field. But listen, that's going to happen later today. Touch your neighbor and say, it's going to happen later today. We're here right now. We're in the house of the Lord. We've got to concentrate on the word of the Lord. Do you know that it's God's word? Thank you, Elder. Do you know that it's God's word that's going to set you free? That, that this is going to be the difference this week. The word of God that you hear right now is going to be the difference in getting through and travailing through the things that, you, that may be uh, coming your way. I don't know what Monday holds. I don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday. But I know if you get the word of God in you, you're going to be ready for it. Whatever happens, whatever comes our way, through the word of the Lord, we're going to have success. So let's do this today. We are uh, getting into, this is the third message uh, in the series, The End from the Beginning. How many know you got a God that calls the end from the beginning? That God starts at the end. He doesn't start at the beginning. He starts at the end, and then he makes you to fulfill it. Somebody say hallelujah. That's, that's the nature of our God. And so we've started this series, The End from the Beginning, last Sunday. How many know we heard a message called, You Are What You Eat? got not only into the blood but into the body we talked about how we eat in the kingdom of heaven so essential that you maintain spiritual vitality by eating the word of the lord by eating christ right we talked about that and so today we're talking about rush hour and i want to introduce you to something today that i believe is going to bless your life so i'm going to have you to stand if you have your bible i want you to go to saint john chapter 17 I want to read right from the words of Christ, St. John 17. We're going to read right from the words of Christ, and I want you to hear this. This is good. This is magnificent what you're about to hear today. Listen, if we charge the price of admission, you couldn't even afford it, what you're going to hear right now. This is like, this is like, somebody say this is money. This is, this is this diamond, jewelry, whatever, whatever is a value. This is a value. And so I want to read to you, this is St. John 17. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4, but can I encourage you today? to read this prayer of Christ all the way through. If you have a red letter edition of your Bible, you'll see that that's already in red letters, right? So let me read this with you. This is St. This is John 17, beginning here at verse, uh, verse 1. We'll read it through verse 4, St. John. Some of y'all know this is the, the Jesus, they call it. This is the farewell prayer of Jesus, farewell prayer. Jesus is about to be crucified, and so he's praying a prayer. Thank God that it's recorded. Somebody say amen to that. Thank God for posterity's sake that our beloved John wrote this down for our review today. Look what it says. St. John 17, verse 1 says this. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Now watch this. Father, the hour is come. I want you to hold on to this. Can't you see that? It's Father what? The hour is come. The hour is come. So catch on, lay hold of that because we're talking about rush hour. 
So he says this, Father, the hour is come, catch it, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Did you catch it? So he's saying, glorify me, that the father may be glorified as well. Right? As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Now watch Jesus, verse 4. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. You see that? Father, I've glorified your name, and I finished the work you gave me to do. How many today know your work is to glorify the Lord? That's our work. That's our work. We got no other work under the sun but to glorify God. And so we're going to talk about that in a message entitled "Rush Hour." I've got a word for you today, prophetic word. Are you ready to pray with me? Let's pray. We'll get our we'll get our minds together, and and we'll get into the word of the Lord for here for a while. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the opportunity, Father, today that we could hear. We could massage, we could hear, we could, we could be impressed by, we could, we could think about the word that you're about to give us today. That we wouldn't leave out of here empty. That, Father, we wouldn't leave out of here the way we came in. But we'll leave out of here transformed by the hearing of your word. Father, we know what your word says. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. We thank you that we're here and our faith is being built up. A holy faith, a prepared faith, a ready faith to do that which is needful in this hour. And so we pray blessing over the family of faith, blessing over the family of God, blessing over the house of the Lord and the family of faith as we come together. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now this is what I want you to do. Before you're seated, I want you to go find somebody. I want you, you have to do this. Listen, go find somebody, and, and, I, and I want you to give them a hug in the Lord. And this is what I want you to tell them. Say, be glorified, be glorified. Go catch somebody and give them a hug and tell them, be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. Thank you, Doctor. Be glorified. Be glorified. Brother Philip, be glorified, my man. Brother David, be glorified in Jesus' name. Sister Pam, be glorified in the name of the Lord. Daniel Lisa, be glorified. Amen. Amen. Brother Noel, be glorified in the Lord. Amen. So good to see all the family faith together this morning. Be glorified. Be glorified. We're being changed from glory to glory. Be glorified. awesome it is to be in the house of the Lord. Is there anybody here that wants to be a God pleaser? Anybody here that says, you know, I really want, my aim is to please God. I pray that that would be your consolation, your hope, your desire to be a God pleaser. You can bring me down a little bit, Lorenzo. I pray that today we would be in that frame of mind to be a God pleaser. 
Can I give you a verse if you want to be a God pleaser? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is the I am. They must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many did they know your faith leads you to the heart of God? That whatever, whenever you're acting in faith, whatever God has you doing right now, whatever that expression of faith is in your life, it is leading you back to God. Give your neighbor a high five and say, you're going to God if you've got faith. So important that you grab that. That whatever we are doing by faith, it is leading us back to the heart of God. Do you know today that your God is unique and that God calls the end from the beginning? That God through faith is actually taking taking you to where he's already prepared your blessing. To where your victory is already yours. You're not trying to be victorious. You are victorious in faith. Somebody say amen to that. That's a word for somebody. That God is leading you that way. It's all about faith. Everything that we're doing is about faith. In fact, the Bible says that that which is not of faith is of sin. Think about that for a moment. Are we applying faith? Faith in Christ. Do do you know that Jesus was always acting in faith towards God? Because it was the heart of Christ to produce a glory for God. How many today know that God is worthy to be glorified? That if anything here that we would shine up as an example, anything here that we would worship, we know that God is worthy of our worship. God is worthy to be magnified in our worship. He is worthy to be glorified in all that we do. In fact, the Bible says, whether you eat, whether you drink, and whatsoever you do, do all to what? The glory of God. You've been designed by faith to bring glory to God. And if you've got real, true, genuine, biblical faith, your purpose in life is to bring him glory. I have come to bring glory to God. Wherever I show up, he's going to get the glory. In every conversation, he's going to get the glory. Whatever these hands go to do, he's going to get the glory. Wherever these feet may walk, he's going to get the glory. Whatever conversation moves about me, whatever I might be thinking in my mind, God is going to be glorified. This was the purpose of God in us, that we would follow the footsteps of the master. Do you know that Jesus' desire was that God would be glorified? Would you say that with me? God be glorified. This this is the purpose of Christ in his travailing, in his working, in his life, was to bring glory to God. Let me show you something unique about the Lord. There were only three times that Jesus revealed his own glory. Three times that Jesus revealed his own glory. Only three times recorded in the history of the Bible that Jesus revealed his own glory. Let me show you the first one. Mount of Transfiguration. How many remember the Mount of Transfiguration? St. Matthew chapter 17, a powerful encounter where Jesus literally unrobes himself and Peter, James, and John see the deity of Christ. They see him as he is or or as we will see him. How many know that when he appears, we're going to see him as he is? They got to see Jesus shining in his magnificence, in his glory. They saw it with their own eyes. Do you know that when Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, that even Moses and Elijah communed with Christ? 
It was a powerful encounter of both the law and the prophets and Jesus speaking to them. It was so powerful that as soon as Jesus came down off that mountain that Peter said, Lord, we're going to have to do something here. We're going to have to commemorate this. Whatever we had planned to do, whatever we were doing, we're going to stop all of that, scratch all of the gospel and the missionary work. We're going to build some tabernacles. That's how great it was. And do you know that as they said those words, the Bible says that a bright cloud came over them. And a voice from heaven was heard saying, this is my beloved son. Catch this. Hear ye him. The Bible says when they heard the voice of God, they fell on their faces. And it was then that Jesus came and said, be not afraid. He says, but tell no man the vision that you've just seen. Because I don't want anybody to see me without faith. Even Jesus wants you to believe in him by faith. Second time Jesus, actually the first time Jesus revealed his glory was in his first miracle. Anybody heard of the miracle at Cana, the wedding? Where the Bible says that the, the, the wedding, the, the party there ran out of wine. And Mary came to the Lord and said, Lord, uh, they've ran out of wine. And we know that, that the, you know, it was customary that they provide that wine. And it was an embarrassment to the family. So Mary said, Jesus, you got to do something about it. And Jesus said, woman, what have I to do with you? Watch what he says. For my hour has not yet come. My hour. You, you, you understand that Jesus has his eyes intently focused on what his purpose was. You see, my hour's not yet. I want you to catch that one more time. That Jesus said, the first miracle that Jesus performed, Jesus says to his own mother, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. Not yet. My glorification is not now. The Bible says that Jesus saw six water pots, stone water pots, places where for ceremonial cleansing. And, and Jesus says, fill the pots with water. Notice that Jesus doesn't lift up his head to heaven or pray to God. He simply says, fill it with water to the brim. And then he says, now draw it out. Y'all know this story? And when they drew it out, he says, take it to the master of ceremonies. And when he took it to the master of ceremonies, what, I, I can imagine him kind of saying, I'm not a wine drinker. Touch your neighbor and say, Pastor, don't drink no wine, Doc. Pastor, old school. I'm always sober, baby. Listen to what I'm telling you. I can imagine them smelling that wine. I can imagine maybe him tasting it and saying, wow, this is unusual. That usually at a party, they serve the good wine first, and after everybody's drunk and don't know the difference, then they serve the poor wine. But this party's different. You've saved the best for last. The Bible says, that at that miracle at Cana, that the disciples saw that Jesus was revealed his glory and they believed on him. Jesus revealed his glory and they believed on him. And Jesus says, it's not even my hour. Let me share another story with you. Anybody know the story of the rising of Lazarus? St. John chapter 11, Jesus uh, performed a miraculous miracle. Uh, You know the story. Uh, Lazarus was dead already four days. Uh, And and Jesus comes, and and the resurrection and the life. You remember him where he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he speaks into that empty tomb. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came forth. The Bible says 
that many of the unbelieving Jews, when they saw the rising of Lazarus, they began to believe. And there were people coming from all over just to see Lazarus, just to see his face. The Bible says that everybody that was there, this was a time that if Jesus would have wanted to, you know, get fanfare, get, get, get applause or, or to amass a crowd that, that maybe people would be walking with them. The Bible says that the Bible says declared that Jesus' face was towards Jerusalem. And the disciples said, Lord, if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill you. And you know what Jesus said? So what do you want me to say? This is the hour that I was made for. You want me to ask God to save me from the very hour in which he sent me? You know what he said? Father, he looked up in heaven. Father, glorify thy name. This is the hour that he was made for. Catch this. We know what happens to him. It's in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know this. St. Matthew chapter 26. He takes with him Peter, James, and John, the same guys that were with him at the transfiguration. And the Bible says that when he went into the, when he went into the garden, as soon as he said, sit here, or wait here, and the Bible says they saw him go into the garden of Gethsemane to fall on his face. The, 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 the weight of the world, the, the, the transfer of that cup was about to happen. And he said, Lord, Lord, if there's any other way that I can do what you need me to do, but if, but if drinking this cup fulfills your purpose in me, then I'll drink that cup. And we know that Jesus went three times to see the disciples. Catch this. And every time he went back, guess what? They were asleep at the hour of Christ. Three times Jesus went to the disciples, and three times they were asleep. Listen. At the hour of Christ. The third time Jesus comes back, you know what he tells him? Sleep on now, take your rest. For the hour has come. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And we know where Jesus goes. He's going to that cross. It's his hour. Jesus saw the hour as his death, his atoning death, the reason why he's there. From the very beginning, the commencement of the ministry of Christ, Jesus knew why he was born. He was born to die for us. It's his end. It's his hour. It's the hour in which God has made him for. He distinctly knows what his purpose is. Do you know we're living in an hour in the church where people don't know why God made them? And there's people in the church that have never encountered divine purpose and divine ability because they don't know why they're there. There are things going on in your life right now that are hours appointed in God for you to be at that place and in that hour that God would perform in you and manifest in you a miracle, that God would do something incredible, that God would manifest himself, manifest his name, that God would declare glory. Do you know that God is still in the business of glorifying the Son? God is still in the business of glorifying Jesus. Somebody said, God is still in the business of glorifying Jesus. In fact, why don't you get up right now and go get somebody and tell them, God is still in the business of glorifying Jesus. Get up right now and go find somebody and just, just give them a hug and say, God is still in the business of glorifying the Son. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Say, God is still in the business of glorifying the Son. Get up and give somebody a hug right now. Go find somebody. Say, God is still in the business of glorifying the Son. 
God is still in the business of glorifying the Son. God's still in the business. God is still in the business of glorifying the Son. She says, what do you want me to say? Save me from this hour? For this reason was I made for this very time. For this distinct season. Let me digress because I could tell I don't got your attention yet. Watch this. You heard this verse before? It's very popular. Philippians 1.6. And being confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun, begun is a perfect participle. It's both past, present, and future. Because your God is still the I am. That he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the coming of Jesus Christ. You've been made for it. How many know about your, your salvation? For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. For you are the workmanship of Christ. You're, you're the work created what unto good works, which God hath before ordained that you should walk in them. God has made you for the hour unto good works. You're prepared. Tap your neighbor. Say you're prepared, baby. Do, do, do you know today? That, that Jesus was thinking of the hour, perceiving the hour of his own death. Have you ever thought about that for yourself? You know, some of you are close to dying. You've got one foot in the casket and you don't know how close to death you are. Friends, some of you are in here thinking that you're going to live to be 80, 90 years old. Man, you might not get to 60. This past week, everybody was confused. You know, Bob Saget passed away. Y'all saw Bob Saget. You know, America's Funniest Videos. He was part of the full house, and everybody was amazed that at 65, he died, and they're trying to do an autopsy. Why did he die? He was 65. I mean, he wasn't 10 years old. He was 65. You know, the world has this notion that they're going to live forever, but I'm here to tell you, 10 out of 10 people die. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, 10 out of 10 people die. That's why George Washington isn't in service this morning. Right? Abraham Lincoln isn't still running for office. People die. Everybody dies. The Bible says man is appointed to die once and then face judgment. There's an end in place. Do you know that Solomon in all his wisdom said this? The day of your death is better than your own birth. It's the same Solomon in, in Ecclesiastes that said, the, the end is better than the beginning. Friend, there's an end coming for you. I've got good news for you. That God is still going to do what he said he's going to do with you. And there's a lot of you that got started late. Anybody get started late? You, you, you barely figured it out. You're like 62 and you barely figured out that Jesus is real. And so there's, you, you, you are in press time. You, you, you have what I call rush hour. That there's an accelerated pace. That God is now performing in the world. It's accelerated. Do you know that the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the signs of your coming? Oh, here we go. 
So not only do we see the end of our own demise, but we see the end of the world and it's coming. There are two things working simultaneously. Do you know that you are living in the last hour of humanity? Not the last days, friend. You are in the last hour of the world. Did you hear what I just said? You are living in the last hours, minutes, friends, before the return of the Son of Man. We are working up against two ends. I don't know when you're going to die, but I know God is working. And he'll work in you if you'll let God work in you. But there's also the coming of the Son of Man that's approaching us. And all you got to do is look at the signs around you. Jesus gave us those signs. He told us what those signs would be. And I'm not here to go through them all. If you don't see it for yourself, you are blind spiritually. We are in the last hours of humanity. Friend, many of us are going to leave this earthly plane and walk into that heavenly plane, and we will not even taste of death. Friend, you were made for this hour. You're made for this hour. You're made for this hour. Many of you know years ago, uh, in, in fact, I want to say it was maybe Monday or Tuesday, I was sleeping. And, and I woke up, boom, the Spirit woke me up. First thing he said, he says, remember when you went to the Dallas Zoo? Anybody know this story? Raise your hand if you know the story of the Dallas Zoo. Who, who doesn't know the story of the Dallas Zoo? Raise your hand. You know the story. Let me tell you the story of the Dallas Zoo. I decided with First Lady and I to take our kids to the Dallas Zoo. That's what most parents do. You take kids to the zoo. They were kids and small. Megan and Mariah, Pastor Josh's daughter, she was there, Daniel and Alexis, and we went to the zoo, went into Dallas Zoo, and, and we were kind of walking around. I said, baby, uh, we, we actually stopped where the silverback gorillas, it's the first entrance, you walk in, the, the silverbacks are there, and I remember Megan and I looking at that gorilla and say, he looks like he's going to get out of here. <laughs> just, just, just casually, spoke a word, just, just, said, he looks like he's trying to get out, like he's planning, he's plotting. Anyway, we left it at that, we went over, and we said, let's take the kids over to the kids' area. While I'm going there, I, there's a lady coming out, and I'm looking for a funnel cake. <laughs> I was maybe, maybe around that time, it was like 300 pounds back then. Looking for a funnel cake, as, as chubby people do. <laughs> the lady that was coming out, I stopped her and said, ma'am, where can I get me a funnel cake? She says, sir, it is cold blue. And took off on me. I said, that's weird. I said, baby, what, what's cold blue? She goes, I don't know what's cold blue. Kept on walking. I'm entering into the kids' exhibit, and, and another girl was there. She's coming out, and I asked her, ma'am, where can I get a funnel cake? She looked to the left, right, says, sir, it's cold blue. She took off on me. So as I'm getting into the kids' exhibit, the kids begin to play. I see some more workers coming my way. And so I finally said, listen, where can I get a funnel cake? The girl looked left. Look right. She said, sir, it is cold blue. I says, ma'am, what is cold blue? You ran out of powdered sugar. You ran out of the pancake mix for the funnel cake. What is that? She looked left. She looked right. She said, sir, an animal has escaped its entrapment, you know, its area. And I says, well, what got out? A porcupine? <laughs> Did the toucan sand get out? Did the flamingo get outside of it? She says, sir, a silverback gorilla is loose in the park. <laughs> Code blue. 
immediately we were all rushed into this little farmhouse, a small little room. And, and when we got in, we were packed in there. And, and immediately a hand went up. The person says, okay, uh, any questions? person says, so what's going on? An animal got out. What animal? A gorilla got out. What kind of gorilla? A silverback gorilla. Somebody fainted. <laughs> Y'all there? Another hand goes up. What if the silverback comes to the house? Don't worry. We've locked the door. Another hand goes up. What if the silverback breaks the door and comes in? Then the young man steps up. He says this. We're advising everybody that if the silverback gorilla comes into our home, our little house, do not look the gorilla in the eye. In fact, we're advising everybody to get into a fetal position and just lay there when the gorilla comes in. Another lady fainted. And then it got worse because my hand went up. I said, sir, I'm here with my family. That's my wife. That's my daughter. That's my niece. That's my son. That's my daughter. If a silverback gorilla comes in here, we're going to go head up. Now, I know everybody talks about how bad they are and how strong they are. But listen, I'm not going out in no fetal position. I'm not going out laying on the ground. You're not going to come find me and I'm all chewed up just dead there in the corner. I'm going head up with a gorilla. And you know what the Spirit told me? You were made for that hour. You were prepared for what was coming through the door. I've got news for the church, friend. I'm here to tell you that the enemy's lurking about. He's a roaring lion. And the Spirit of God sent me to ask you, are you ready for your hour? Are you ready to engage the enemy? Are you ready for the battle that's going to be confronted towards you? We've got to stand ready. Do you know today that the Bible says that when Jesus returns, he's coming back for a glorious church? A glorious church without any spot, without any wrinkle. He's coming back for a church that's ready, that's waiting out for him, that's looking for him. Do you know that the coming of the Son of Man to this world will come like a thief in the night? They won't even know what happened. They're going to turn their TV on and see all the demise. But my friend, those that are watching and those that are waiting, he's not going to come as a surprise to us because we've got our eyes fixed on heaven. we got our eyes fixed on the Lord. This is the hour. This is the hour that God has made us in. Friend, the Spirit of the Lord told me that there is an accelerated pace in 2022. And this is prophetic for you. That God has sent me to tell you that there is an accelerated pace in the Lord. What used to take you a week to pray to get victory may only take but hours to pray to get victory. Because God is accelerating the pace. You say, well, preacher, why is God accelerating the pace? Because there's two ends working now simultaneously. Do you know that we are the generation that will see the return of the Son of Man? We are the generation. We have been made for this hour. The Spirit of God has sent me to the church to awaken it out of its sleep. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to wake up in the kingdom. You're going to have to gear up and say, you know what? God made me for this hour. These are the last days, and God made me and prepared me to work in these last hours. Do you know today that God promises in the last days to pour out his spirit like he's never done before? There's going to be an outpouring of the spirit of God so profound people are going to find God and they're going to be looking for churches that have already found God. 
They're going to be looking for places where people are on fire and bent for Jesus and ready for the kingdom of God, who are doing the work of the kingdom of God. Do I got a witness today that there's somebody here today say, you know what, preacher? I don't got to wait for the second coming to get excited. I don't got to wait for my death to start thinking about God. I'm going to, I'm made for this hour. God made me for right now. I'm prepared to do the work of the Lord. And I want you to see Jesus. Jesus saying, listen, Father, listen, the hour is come. Listen, listen. I want this to be your prayer. I want this to be, as we move into this month, uh, next week, I want to talk to you about the latter rain because there's going to be a rain like you've never seen before, baby. God's going to begin to rain and do some things. God's going to rain because the, the latter rain, the outpouring is going to produce a harvest like never before. We're going to see a harvest like we've never seen. There's going to there's gonna be standing room only, baby. If you don't come to church early, you're not going to get a chair because God is going to begin to do something extraordinary, something outstanding. There's going to be a laddering, and I'm praying it for some of y'all because some of y'all have been dead for a long time, and you've been lagging around, and yeah, you come to church, but you haven't been revitalizing the Lord. God's going to stir up your heart. He's going to stir up your spirit. He's going to stir up your family. You're going to see things you've never seen before, and when we pray, when we lay hands, when we declare, when we point our finger at that silver baccarat and say, in the name of Jesus, you and I are going head up. You're going to see victory in the name of the Lord. We are seeing now, right, listen, a latter rain that's going to happen. I'm prophesying it to you because the Spirit of God has been talking to me about it. There is a rain that's going to fall that's going to produce an end time harvest, a harvest so grand. Mom and dad, that's how your kids are going to get saved. Mom and dad, that's how they're going to make heaven because the rain of God is going to fall upon them. And this is that rain that helps the crop go from the former rain to the latter rain to produce its bud. Do you know that Jesus says, look into the fields for they are white and ready for harvest. And God is looking for laborers, just a few. The Bible says, pray to the Lord of harvest for laborers because it's the laborers that are few. But I'm believing Harvest Point Church. It's people, it's house who already knows the hand of God and the purpose of God, will say, Father, here I am, send me. I want to go out into the field. I want to be a harvester. You know, it's nice to harvest. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm not asking you to be no farmer. I'm saying you're going to be a harvester. Somebody say, I'm going to harvest. It's so nice. You know, some people had to plant, man. Somebody had to water. But friend, you're going to be the harvester. I'm going to harvest it. I'm going to go out and do the work of the Lord. Hear Jesus Christ say it. Father, this hour, this hour for which you made me, glorify your name. The Bible says when he said it, the heavens opened up. He says, I will glorify it. And I am going to glorify it. And the Bible says he didn't say it for, for Christ. He said it for us. He said it for each and every one of us to hear God say, I'm going to glorify you. You prepared for that, friend? You prepared for the glorification of these last days upon the family of faith who's been made distinctly for the end times? Do you know that you have been made for the end of all things? You've been made for it. See, I'm so glad. I told the Holy Spirit, I'm so glad I'm a preacher in the last days. I'm, I'm one of those last survivors. I'm, I'm, I'm going out. I'm not going out weak. I'm not going out in no fetal position. I'm going out in the power of the Almighty. I'm going out in the strength of the Lord. Will you stand with me right now? I want you to stand. I want you to stand with me right now. Let me stop right there because I want, I want the church to take a moment.
I want you to take a moment. I want you to take a moment and embrace this message. I want you to say, I've been made for this hour. Made for this hour. Friend, I don't know what you're going through. But God sent me to tell you you're made for the hour. I don't know what's happening in your family. I, I, I don't know what's going on in your marriage. But God sent me to tell you you've been made for this hour. Hear the Spirit of the Lord tell me regularly, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you're going to reap. This is the end-time harvest. This is latter rain. This is the outpouring. Parents, I don't know what you're going through, your family, your children, your situation. But I want you to hear the Spirit of God say to you, you've been made for this hour. Maybe you're sick. Maybe the doctor's giving you a bad report. Let me say it to you. You've been made for this hour. Maybe there's been something you've been praying about and, and, and it seems like there's a delay. You've been frustrated in your faith. I want you to hear the prophetic word God sent me to share with you. That there's an accelerated pace. I'm going to do it quickly. I'm going to glorify my son in you. It's here, it's now. This is the hour. Jesus knew it was his hour. Do you? Jesus knew it was his hour. Do you? Jesus says, for this reason was I made. I, I was made for this very hour. I was made to glorify God. See, if you can receive that, the glory of God will rest on you. See, you've got to believe that first, friend, before the glory of God can rest on you. Before you can be changed from glory to glory, you've got to walk in that faith that you've been made for this hour. You've been made to give God glory. That, listen, friend, that is, the, that is elementary in the kingdom of God. That every believer knows that they've been made to glorify God. Every believer knows that. Man, if you don't got that down yet, I want to get you around the curve. I want to I get you on a crash course right into rush hour. Friend, it is rush hour. Time is running out. The enemy in the kingdom is lining up. It's rush hour. Friend, you don't got time to waste. We don't got time to piddle around in controversial things. We don't got time to labor about and, and, and be confused about trivial matters. Friend, it's time for you to concentrate on what God has you to do in this hour. And he sent me to tell you, that he's purposing to glorify his son in you. Will you lift your hands today and say, Father, glorify yourself in me. Don't worry about where you're coming from. I can already hear what people are saying, but why is God going to use me? See, th there we are again, right back where, where Paul told young Timothy we'd be. 
For in the last days shall be perilous times, for men shall be lovers of themselves. You see, you think about yourself first before you're thinking about God's glory. Get rid of yourself. Die to yourself. Simply say, Father, glorify yourself. I don't know where I'm going tomorrow. I don't know where I'll be. But I know wherever I am, I'm going to glorify you. I don't know who I'm going to encounter. I don't know what the need may be. I don't know what their problem is. But I know you sent me there. Right into that hour of travail. Right into that hour of confusion. Right into that hour of pain. You've sent me as your ambassador to declare who you are. And you sent me there with power and ability. I'm not a weakling. I'm powerful in Jesus' name. I so appreciate people when they make their way to the altar. Oh, thank you, Elder. Thank, thank you, Jesse. I so appreciate people that understand these altars are places of transaction. Do, do, would you dare to come to the altar and say, Father, and lift your hand at the altar and say, Father, here I am? Would anybody dare to do that this morning? Anybody, anybody bold enough in faith to come down to the altar and say, glorify yourself in me. Father, here I am not about me father it's about you you do what you do thank you for those that are pouring out of their seats blessings to you i so appreciate people that, that take a take advantage of a divine moment you know we have an, an old adage coming up on a farm you got to strike while the iron's hot you got to strike while the iron's hot and, and, and the iron's hot right now with the anointing of god just come and say father glorify yourself in me you've made me for the hour Hey, are you like me, caught up in a house, and there's a threat of a gorilla coming through the door? Are, are you like me? Come on, I, I'm, I'm speaking in symbolism, but you understand the phrase, right? Are, are you like me, that you're at a point of crisis, and, and something terrifying can come through the door? And the Spirit sent me to tell you, He's made you for that hour made you for this distinct moment. He's made you for this very hour that he might be glorified. Let the sun be glorified. Just, just lift your hand to heaven and say, Father, glorify yourself in me. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Father. Glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. Yes, Lord. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Have your way over Harvest. Have your way over his people. Have your way here. Have your way here. These last days.
up while you're praying. Let me pray the prayer of Christ over you. Jesus said this, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through the word, or through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Listen to what he says. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. You've often heard me say that God loves you just like he loves his own son. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and, and, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and I will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. beloved Christ was crucified to prove in blood he meant what he said Father glorify yourself in me it's the prayer of my Savior it's the heart of my faith that directs me back to you Father glorify yourself let, let my light so shine before men that men might see my good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven let my light so shine. Will you lift up your hand and say, let my light shine. I want to shine the light. I want to be a light for Jesus. Shine your light in me, Father, that others might see me, that they might see you. Glorify yourself in me. Father, be glorified.